0: Welcome to Fated, a podcast brought to you by Magella and Carly, two romanticy-obsessed readers who believe that great books must include declarations of undying love and deep thrusts of desire. Diving into the spicy, smutty fantasy genre, we are here for both the rattling of stars and headboards, and our podcast starts with the worlds of SJM, but delves into other realms. Did we mention that washboard abs and wands of all kinds are welcome in this inclusive and magically charged space? No topic is off-limits and no one is forced to have only one favourite heroine. Welcome to Fated, where we are unabashedly and wholeheartedly hot and heavy for spicy fantasy fiction. It's time to sit down and smut up. Warning, spoilers ahead.
1: Hello, welcome to Fated the Podcast. I'm Carly.
0: And I'm Magella. And today we are doing a deep dive into Air of Fire, the next installment in the Sarah J. Mass series, Throne of Glass, which we are working our way through. And um, we cannot wait to talk about it because things, as in all romantic books and series, things are starting to heat up. Things are starting to, like, you know, bubble. Um, and so there's some great characters that are introduced, and there are some directions that the plot is gonna take us in that we did not expect. um, And Carly and I are gonna discuss what we loved about it um, in this episode. But Carly, first tell me, what are you currently reading?
1: Well, I'm kind of between books because yesterday I finally finished the tandem read of Tower of Dawn and Empire Storms. Finally, I hear the crowds cheering, she's done it. It felt like I was reading those two books for six months. 13 plus, 1300 plus pages. It was a ride. And I loved it so much. So I have just this morning pulled Kingdom of Ash off the bookshelf and I'm nervously excited and Magella's already told me, you need to allocate time. You'll need time to process. You need to be not interrupted at certain points. So I'm kind of, yeah, excited about jumping into that. On audio, I'm listening to uh, Carrie Soto is Back by... Taylor Jenkins read because I just really love, they're just easy to listen to while I'm out for my run or my walk or whatever. Um, Am I reading anything else? No, that's it. What about you? What's on the Kindle? Uh,
0: Yes. Well, I've just been away. So I definitely was only on the Kindle, but I've just been doing uh, a little reread of the books um, in this series, just so I have them really fresh because I did read them for the first time uh, quite a while ago, a year over a year ago. They were basically my second series. Uh, I think I did a few smaller ones in there, but I went from akata to um, from Blood and Ash and then jumped into Throne of Glass. So it has been quite some time. And I have found that I have picked up Kingdom of Ash to reread a couple of times um, because it is just, as Carly will soon discover, it is so... <laughs> It is so layered, and I think that the journeys that the characters go on, um, they actually need some time to assimilate. Like, there it's it's such a big journey for some of those key players, Um, and some of the scenes are so intense that I think that you can't really absorb them the first time. Like, I think you absorb them in different ways. Like, the first time you read it, it might be with this kind of aspect of shock and awe and the second time you might pick up a few more of the nuances through it and it becomes a little bit kind of heartbreaking and then underneath it again there's this kind of nostalgia you know it's it's an interesting thing to reread but because it is so big um, and there's multiple point of views I've actually found that I've reread that book that particular book almost as a standalone multiple times because you can actually just Almost read what like you can just read Manon's story through it and pick out her chapters, or you can just read Dorian's story. Um, I mean, I love reading Aelin and Rowan's story the most, but it's they all tie together with these beautiful threads. So, <clears throat> but so I wanted to reread *Air of Fire*, *Queen of Shadows* uh, specifically because we're about to dive into those ones. So I did a quick reread of those, and I just finished. The trilogy by Carissa, Broadbent, The Mother of Death and Dawn, is the last book, The War of the Lost, um, the lost Heart. And um, as I said to Carly at multiple points, I actually felt like afterwards I needed a rest because those characters worked so hard. Like I just was like, just come on. Like it was like every time they won a battle there was another war every time one baddie was killed there was another I was just like like I almost feel like she could have written that book that trilogy and ended it sort of uh, with one storyline it was so still so complex and so beautiful and there was such a beautiful character arc for many of those um people in there but it just it was like there was like character character arc and then character arc and then character arc and then by the end I was just like like whoa like I, i'm exhausted for all of you like this is <laughs> this is a lot it's, you know it was so good though but i actually feel like i went in expecting it to be more like the Nixia series which is the one that we're going to review soon um the serpents of the night and the i can never remember
1: it, There's a anyway. king in there somewhere too yes
0: <laughs> um And so that definitely feels like that's a duology. It's lighter lighter in a way, I guess. It's more like there's a Hunger Games-esque, everyone's fighting to the death, and then there's a reclamation of a throne. Um, And that feels like an opening chapter in this book. Like I was just like, okay. So by the end of it, it was so good and I loved the characters so much, but it it almost felt like... um, I don't know it almost felt like it should have been almost spread out over five books just to give us a bit more breathing room in the pacing like I kind of felt like could they just have had a little hard downtime and fast.
1: hard and fast. yes
0: so I feel it's like that's all my reading at the moment is like because you know the throne of glass series it starts like from Era fire onwards it starts to there's a lot of action there is a lot of stuff happening and and there's a lot of uncertainty because there's so many enemies in play i guess that you're not sure who is yeah. really on your side the, the side of aelin i guess um and then that mother of the dawn series is like so i just feel like almost a little bit battle weary i'm like <laughs> i just
1: <laughs> and I so when i like-
0: downloaded Yes. I mean, I never read light books really, but I, I, Carly and I are going to do a a tandem read together. So we're reading the same book and we're going to film our reactions so we can see if we reacted to the same chapters and, and, or, if you know, one of us read about a death and the other one didn't even notice it. It's just like, Oh yeah, that person died. Whatever. And the other person sobbing being like, that person died. Um, But I did just download two books that were very, Heavily featured on my TikTok in the last week, with um, a lot of uh, a lot of, I guess, um, people saying that they were very similar to that Sarah J. Mass world. So it was Spark of the Ever Flame and Once Upon a Broken Heart. So both of those I've downloaded, um, but we haven't decided what book we're going to do yet. So i I'm, I'm just in a bit of a I'm just in a bit of a pause because I feel like we need to decide. And also I'm just, I just need, I just a need breath. a breather. I just need a, <laughs> a bit of, and knowing that we're heading into like, cause I've just reread the air of fire and queen of shadows to get up to this. Um, and then empire of storms and tower of dorm. Uh, the ta- that's the tandem read you just did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um,
0: yep. And we will talk about that when we get to it. Because I did yeah. tandem read and Kylie did tandem read, and it'll be interesting to see our experiences. And then Kingdom of Ash is the yeah, thickest I book like- I own on my bookshelf.
1: <laughs> I feel like I need you in a really good space to hold me whilst I read Kingdom of Ash. So you just need to keep some energy reserved for me going, What the actual fuck is going on? I'm not okay. <laughs> Yes. And I would have
0: loved a support buddy as I went through it because there was times when I was literally like at night, like lying in bed, just like with tears coursing down my face being like, why, why would she do that? But also like, how could she not do like, you know, like none of it felt unnecessary. It, it, it all made sense, but it was also like, i think when you become invested in the world and the characters it becomes very hard to because in romanticy one of the things that i love the most about it and it one of the strongest pulls towards this genre is there is usually 99 of the time a happy ever after for the main characters like i feel that even Ooh. though i know there's a lot of stuff happening i will get a happy ending in that that they will survive and their love will prevail and I will be able to sleep at night knowing that there is good in the world but everyone else is collateral damage could be anyone you know you're like you're there and if you start having feelings for a side character like you know it's gonna be bad you know like you're like will this person make it
1: yeah I'm always like I want to put bets on before I even go into it and just be like okay this is my sealed envelope of what I, who I think's not going to be at the end. Oh, and then I'll open it. You should definitely screen. do that with Kingdom of Ash. That would be so great because it's
0: so interesting. Um, so many- you know, like, yes. But so it's many also many- like, it's not even just deaths that are affecting. Like there's just things that like, things can happen where you don't, you just think that is so unfair, you know? Like it's not just a death. It's just like a, the way the the cookie has right. crumbled for
1: that character. Well, well done for not spoiling anything there. Um, <laughs> great segue. I would never. Great segue into um, *Arrowfire* when you said you know you become invested with these characters because I felt like this being book four in the series was when I started to become more invested in and um, adore. The characters and we get introduced to new characters as well in *Erafire*. but i do remember that feeling and i messaged magella saying i feel like shit's about to go down i feel like it's really kicking off i feel like book four we're like okay action time action stations this is about to take off and she was like yes yes it is being very very good at not saying too much <laughs> um i just have so- all these memes and and things
0: saved for you to be like when you get to that chapter I will send you this and you will get
1: it. (laughs) And it is interesting now I've just finished the tandem, like where I'm at nearly at book seven is that I've seen some, accidentally seen some memes and things and now I'm like, oh, like it does make sense now. I understand that part. So what I'm going to say before we dive in to our favourite parts of Air of Fire and really um, explore it is obviously this episode is full of spoilers. So if you haven't read Air of Fire, you need to just – Put us on on mute, put us on pause, go and do that. And then this episode will be here waiting for you. And, of course, we will be waiting for you always, as always, in our Instagram and on our TikTok about, like, if you need a support crew, if you have any questions, if you just want to have a rant, we're here for that. So let's dive in. So Air of Fire, book four. We love Love. context, Carly.
0: So why don't you just give a brief summary of sort of what happens in the book and then we'll dive in. I think you can do it in like four sentences. Just be like, Selena arrives here, this happens, this happens, this happens, and here we are.
1: Four sentences. Okay, so Selena has arrived in Wendland. (laughs) I can't do four sentences. I cannot. I am not (laughs) brief. (laughs) she's, She's drinking, she's gambling, she's fighting, but Rowan then finds her. So we get introduced to Rowan. That is not a small thing. That is not a small no. thing. Oh, and what is Wendellyn? Oh, gosh. Wendellyn is where she was sent to kill the royal family. But who lives there? I can't remember.
0: <laughs> the Fae. It's the land of the Fae where oh, magic yes. still exists.
1: I was gonna say which royal family. I'm like, oh, I can't remember because it's bloody confusing. <gasps> There's so many royal families. <laughs> but yes, it no. is absolutely Just, the yeah. okay So we get into Kale sent her as part of the deal to protect her. Right, got her away from the King of Adelyn. Yes, and the deal was that she was gonna go kill the royal family or something over there. That was the kind of the scheme with the king. But was just really trying to protect her and get rid of her out of out of the kingdom. And so she had yes. no intention of going doing that and following through on that. Um, but then Maeve sent Rowan to find her, to train her. Uh, page 17 was like my first, like, oh, my God, here we go. Like, how quick into the book. Page 17, we've got Rowan and he despises her and she despises him and it's very obvious that they are not happy that they are having to be in each other's vicinity, but I really loved the introduction of Rowan. And I, I just knew, I just knew that he was going to be someone very, very, very special to her because they hated each other so much. The old enemies to lovers. I was like, ah, they despise each other. They're repulsed by each other. He doesn't want to have anything to do with her. He's only doing this because his queen has sent him. They are going to be, at some point, like lovers.
0: Yes, That's and he happen. is like the strongest Fae in the land. You know, he is he, like someone who can match
1: her. Well, yeah, at, definitely at this point, like you're like, well, he's obviously more powerful than her. But as the book progresses and he trains her and, and sparks that ember inside her of, of her power and her true power, um, they definitely do match each other by the end of the book. But at the start, like she was just a little drunkard, a little, <laughs> little uh, wild yeah. thing that he was—a like, bundle oh. of trauma, <laughs> pretty much. You know, <laughs> um, she's got to break I, up
0: with Kale. You know,
1: yeah. And I don't know about you, but what I do when a character is in- introduced is I go straight to TikTok and I look for f- the fan pictures, like the beautiful artwork that people make of these characters. And I was like, oh, Rowan, like I fell instantly in lust with the man, the tattoo, the tattoo. And I'm not usually a face or neck tattoo kind of woman, but that was okay on him. The white hair, the eyes, you know, I don't know if you do that, but I love to have a picture, a visual in my mind. I'm like, that's Rowan. And I saved it to my camera roll.
0: (laughs) Really? I don't, I don't look to anyone else to create my visuals because I actually find that I have such a strong visual representation straight away that I I don't and I actually feel like the TikTok doesn't capture Rowan the way I see him in my head like I don't I don't think he's I feel like he's more attractive in my head online he seems almost too fey like too pointy in a way or something whereas I feel like in my head he seems more almost like that Cassian build that they show on TikTok but with the white hair and kind eyes but you know she often talks about the unforgiving planes of his face and like he's described as a very especially at the start where they dislike each other and you find out more like I loved like I feel like it was it was very obvious when they met because of the way he was described but also that I think in this point in the book like she she hasn't found her mate or her big love. She hasn't, you know, she's just, she's, it could have been Sam, but we, he, he's not around. Um, she lost mm-hmm. him. And then she kind of, you know, had a dalliance with Dorian, um, who then stepped back and let Kale come in. And, and Kale was this kind of soothing balm who was like, I, men can be good and you can trust us and we will do the right thing. Um, And then that has now been kind of smashed um, and Kale can't actually love all of her. Like he is repulsed by her magic. Um, And then now she is sort of in a way almost been banished. Um, Yes, to save her, but also like there is no one who, you know, there is no one that matches her, that there's no one that understands her, that there's no one that has, she's shouldering everything alone. And I think that she is ripe for a love interest to come in. So it was that kind of like, oh, Rowan has appeared. Like, will he be the one? I mean, because sometimes it's like, you know, there is a mentor sort of mentee thing that doesn't develop. And then, but because he almost steps into that wise sage energy. And so I was like, I wonder if this is going to be that where, you know, he molds her to become the ultimate weapon and her love story will still come alongside that with someone else, you know, like someone who will soften her. Like sometimes you have the, the mentor sage turns into a weapon, sharpens kind of thing. And then you have the love that comes in to be like, I see you underneath all that. And I love, I love you for the ugliness yeah. and for your brutality to save the world, but you can be soft with me because are safe and I was like, oh, is he is Mm. Rowan gonna step into the mentor or is he gonna be the you know the love kind of thing? And obviously they can be both, you know, but um I feel like it wasn't obvious at the beginning which way. Um and she was also like I think it is that kind of like attracts like like her energy is she is all broken glass she is shards. She is she will cut anyone you know she is so broken and hurt and shattered by the fact that she can't save people that she loves that the people that she loves can't love her you know that she can't save anyone that her kingdom is still you know falling apart that, the, that an evil ruler is still you know taking over the land her friend is now lost you know like she doesn't even have her trusty dog with her anymore you know like it's just like all The things that have anchored her have gone. So I think it was like she's turned up and it's like she is ready to be remade and it's like who will be with her as she goes through that journey.
1: Yeah. Um, She doesn't want to be and she resists. (laughs) She's a petulant little thing for quite a long time. And Sarah continues that sort of question of like where will it go with Rowan right, I think, nearly even three-quarters of the book. It's quite a lengthy time where he really, you know, is quite almost like just annoyed, like she's just an annoying little pest that he has to deliver to Queen Maeve. But the reason that she wants him, like she goes with him, is because she wants to meet Maeve. She's got questions um, to, to ask that Eleanor has, you know, really pushed her to go and ask. And so, yeah, he's just so gruff, you know, like, let's go, like really short kind of smells her. She stinks because she's just been, you know, unwashed and, um, you know, I'm taking you, I'm taking you where you've been summoned, blah, 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 like that. But I, yeah, so we just see even under the gruffness, I'm like this guy is hot (laughs) and (laughs) <laughs> this is gonna go somewhere you know if a, if a man did that in real life I'd be like you're an asshole! get away from me like I would wouldn't touch you with a 10 foot pole but when it's a fey warrior who's huge and you know tattooed it's okay I mean it's okay there is
0: some, there is there is some talk though with with um Rowan and how like physical they get with each other so the way it's written. And the way I read it was that there are these two like almost like untamed mm-hmm. energies, these these two big people who are evenly matched, which is why I think that it's it doesn't feel like Rowan but he does punch her straight in the face, you know what I mean? Like they so it's but I feel like the way it's been written is that they are warriors. They are both warriors. It's not a man and a female, like a male and a female, it's not you know like it's like they're both fighting and kind of in a way violence is their expression but there is some things where it's you know people are being like why are we glorifying that that's an okay and i'm like because when this is a fantasy world and no one like none of us have ever and also she has this she is more powerful than him in the end like the power that is in her and but also like they're both reacting from like just lifelong trauma that has just been festering for a long time so it's almost like that is like them lancing their own boils and stuff but it is it is a little bit hard to watch because i like i feel like especially getting selena's like pov you know you can she's broken she's really struggling like the light in her literally and figuratively like her flame Has gone out or is going out and the light in her the hope in her is dwindling and and he is in a way blowing it out like he is that last she's like i need someone to help me spark up and he is like so broken that he is like i'm not here to save you because i can't save myself even though he can't say those words um but it is a big like and it is i think out of all of sarah's characters This is the slowest burn, I think, out of all of the romances anywhere. Like, you know, it it does cross across, like, two or three books. Like, it's, you know, until... Anyway, there's just... I just am like, oh, my God. Like, come on. Like, surely. Like, you know, one of my favourite scenes is when she was broken and she she was so broken and she was so cold and hungry and tired and she just went to bed and she was freezing and yes. he had said some things to her that he really regretted. And she had also yelled at him, but her light went out. Like she, like, I think that's where she like fully went into like a depression, like a depressive state. And he came yeah. in through her bedroom window and picked her up and took her to his room and put her by the fire in a soft bed. And you know, yeah. like there was this, Like instant shift for me. I was like, oh, it's on. That's happening. It is love. You know, I was like, together, they're together, guys. Everyone,
1: Sarah's just told us,
0: Rowan and And Selena. It's happening.
1: It's happening. She made you wait wait another couple of books, though, to get So long. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dear Lord. I like it. Oh, I really like it. And we've got to remember as well, this is like a young adult um book i actually saw air of fire in the young adult section of the library on tuesday and i was like oh yeah that book could be there but maybe maybe not kingdom of ash um so it is still we're going to remember it is still in that young adult kind of section as well um we also early in this book get introduced to the witch clans and i remember you saying oh wait for the witches wait for the witches and i was like oh there well, they so are <laughs> And you really love the witches. I don't mind them. I'm not, like, hysterically obsessed with the witches, even now that I'm on book, just finished book seven. Um, but tell me about that with you. Like, what did you, what really grabbed you with the witches and meeting Manon, understanding the different clans? Like, that was really interesting and a new element. Um, what do you love about the witches? Because I remember you being really excited for me. <laughs> um, I think it's just... Isn't how brutal? Isn't that but... brutal? like awful they are with
0: this book um i mean i feel like because it's it's um there's something about the fact that they they they're training these wyverns so like you know abraxas is just like you know i feel like he is the symbol of like he is her external symbol of the goodness that is within manon and i think that She is such an interesting character because she is so ruthless and brutal and has been, like, like raised to be evil and kind in a way, like the true witch where she will just kill you and eat you and there is no feelings like they offer. And she has this her witch COVID, the 13. They are, you know, meant to be the brutalist and the most ruthless and they follow behind her with... You know, unwavering loyalty, and there is no, um, there's no soft feelings. It's just they're they're soldiers, um, and there is no, um, I guess, humanity within them. And I think that even from the very first moment when someone, I think it's just because when you know that a character is introduced, I never assume that that person is going to be terrible. So I'm like, oh, if they're starting off terrible, we're going somewhere. This I'm gonna love this person. And I think because I don't know if it's because I rode horses and like trained horses and stuff, but the whole like training, like picking their wyverns, or the wyvern's picking them, the fact that she picked the underdog and the the smallest, the bait wyvern, the one that was gonna die. And he and then he loves flowers. You know, he loves flowers. <laughs> Flowers and he loves, and he's so smart. Like he doesn't eat the poison yeah. meat, you know. And it's like he shows her the capacity she has for love and protection. And um so I think I definitely remember that the witch story was interesting to me. But I think by the time you get to the end of the series, and and on the reread, that mm. it just they. They feel you become more and more attached to them, like you find out more They're and happy. more little side stories and and that kind of thing. And I think that um, it's just a whole nother magic group as well. And you can see how, um, how much having a sort of evil unchecked rulers within their clan has caused such terrible division and like they could have been... Not necessarily like you know, like a peaceful, happy, you know, but they could also be like not these mm. evil, feared, cruel, you know, they all have this capacity to to live and love any yeah. race. Um so but it definitely was the wyvern thing that, that I loved that story line of yeah. You know how they all and and how they all bonded and and I I, I yeah. can't remember if Keely and Petra is in this one. Is it? Uh, you know the scene with the the I, blue blood, or is that in the next one?
1: I don't know. I'd have to go. But there's it just
0: shows the loyalty and and and
1: oh, what happens when seen later on in another book where i just was i was sobbing about the 13 it was uh, like bawling my eyes out um which i won't spoil for anyone <laughs> but yes that sisterhood that um that yeah that kind of reigniting of the humanity in Manon that you see over the coming books is very very interesting storyline but i mean chapter four in Era of fire it's like the first scene is she pulls her blood red cloak tightly around her and like just pretty much rips the throat out of a heap of farmers that come into her house. you're like, Whoa, Whoa, who is this? Who is this character? So that was quite fun, but I did love learning about the witches, how the covens work and yes, how they were set up from birth to fight, not question their queen and to, as you said, just be absolute horrible creatures. Um, all about death and destruction and and trying to win back the wastes, which was their land.
0: Um, I think that I do really enjoy the multiple POVs. I know that some people um, dislike flipping between all these characters. And I do feel like on a reread it's really interesting because sometimes I just want to reread one set of characters' story again. Like I just want to reread what happened to Dorian, you know, and so then I'm like flipping through Mm -hmm. the chapters I don't want to read about the others but I think on the first read especially it's it provides such a beautiful landscape of what's happening both kind of in the physical sense of where people are in different countries and realms and but also in terms of who's fighting what battle and why like who's pitted against each other who who are looking like they're going to become you know alliances and and fight together yes um so yes i think it really will enjoy that.
1: sarah obviously brings all of that together in the culmination of the series so stick with it if you're re- reading air fire you've just read it and you're like oh gosh more characters more timelines more people to understand more battles more continents it does all come together really beautifully Um, I love this in chapter nine, I highlighted this, you know, when you're talking about the character of Manon, you know, Manon had been born soulless, her grandmother said, soulless and heartless as a black beak ought to be. She was wicked right down to the marrow of her bones, but the people in those wagons and the Duke, they smelled wrong and different and alien because that's, you know, we've started to see like, yes, she's been told that yes, we're being told that that's who she is but you just get those little flickers from Sarah when she writes that, ah, there's something else underneath. As you said, there's, she's coming into contact with a part of her that maybe she hasn't allowed herself to understand or to accept. Where's that going to go? All that beautiful foreshadowing that we love in our fantasy books. Yes, Um, exactly.
0: I think Abraxas was such a big foreshadowing of her. I think that it's very hard to love an animal and to pick the underdog and to care about the injuries, and to go above and beyond, and do all these things for this Wyvern, and, and not have like this goodness within you. You know, like yes, there's all these other little foreshadowings where she'll they'll talk about, like you know, she noticed a flash of hurt across one of her thirteen's face, um, and they're not meant to show any emotions. So it should, it's almost like she's like, what? Why did that yeah. hurt her? Like. It's like it's this kind of – but with the wyvern, I think she's very – it's like it's very obvious that her heart is good. Like she's just like – but she's perplexed by it. She's like, why do I I care about this? I have picked the runtiest, smallest, weirdest wyvern, the one that loves smelling flowers and, like, you know, is – it's so interesting, like the softest,
1: but it's also – is the strongest in a way you see her surprised so many times like what is this sensation in my body that i've never felt before and you're like you as a reader you're like you know that's loyalty or that's happiness or that's like that's um you know a sense of romance you really like this person or and you can see as a character she's like what is this sensation because it's just been black darkness killing death (laughs) destruction and so it's really beautiful to see, even though she still, over the whole series, maintains this very armored kind of facade, and still has that uh, that you know that darkness within her. Um, yeah, it's like just seeing this little kind of flower blossom, I guess, um, in this new world. So, yeah. The Black Beaks, All the Witches, very cool storyline to weave in at this point and um, it becomes pretty cool towards the end about, you know, how they, how they are involved in it all. That's all I'm going to say. Selena isn't allowed to go and see Queen Maeve and go to doronel until her uh, power is stronger but also until she's able to move and sh- shift into the Fae form and the human form and go back and forward. So that was really cool to see how and what she needed to discover in herself, believe in herself, rebuild in herself to be able to do that consistently and to be able to stay in the form for longer. And uh, Rowan was the best mentor for that in the end. He was, he did recognize for me, I was like, oh, he does, because he understands how broken she is because he's still grieving his wife that was killed 200 years ago. He's still broken, so he could recognize that. At one point, I just felt that shift where he was like far out. She's like me. She's broken like me. I can help her. I can teach her, and I'm going to teach her, and he becomes quite obsessed with that. But I think that a lot of people were like, well, he's just pushing her. I'm like, I think that he can just see her potential, and he wants her to feel that and connect with that, and he can see how powerful she can be. And so, yeah, I just, that was cool. That was just cool to watch that over the arc of the story of how she stepped into and owned her fae form just as much as her human form.
0: Yes, I think it was um, really interesting because it starts to bring in parts of her backstory and how Mm. much her magic had been, how she had Mm. viewed it as something that was, just going to cause destruction and hurt people and was uncontrollable and was never going to be something that she could love and could use for good like it was like she couldn't even get close to her power so she had all these you know like he pushed her yes to get close but it was almost like her fear and revulsion of herself which and also he had had you know Rowan had the similar journey he had the, the revulsion of himself of, of how power hungry he had been and and the consequences of that which was the death of his partner and an unborn child um, so I think there was this interesting like well watching Selena as a child instead of her power being you know um, beautifully fostered and and celebrated, mm. and and like, oh my god, this could be the thing that saves the world and keeps peace everywhere. It had been like, you can't go into a f- library because you'll burn it down. You can't go here because you'll hurt people. Like, what a huge burden to have to carry as a child to be like, who I am, is at my core, <laughs> yeah, and will hurt people. Like, I mm. can't be trusted to be. Places to be myself because it will, it could, it could yeah. hurt people I love or yeah. innocence.
1: Yeah. And we get introduced through that storyline. We get introduced to now, it could be Aiden, it could be Adian. I'm not sure. I said Aiden in my head the whole time. Don't come at me if it's wrong. Um, but we get introduced to. That character a lot more too and again he's not who he appears to be when we first get introduced to him and he's over in Adelan and he's having parties but he's not really there and so then you know Kale starts investigating him so that's that's when we get introduced to that kind of story arc and why is he there and what's he doing and and is he good or not good is he going to turn on aelin at some point is he going to support her this is the storyline where there was a lot of questions there about who this guy was and what he was about and what he was going to do
0: and stuff but we don't know if he's wants to you know join aelin to take back mm-hmm. teresan or if he's working mm-hmm. for the king of ardillin and and he's corrupted because he is wearing a black ring,
1: ring. Yeah, so he's wearing the ring
0: everyone assumes that he is under the power of the king and that kind of thing um um, he's one of the side characters that I feel like could have been fleshed out a little bit more. I I feel like not until much later in the series do you really get a sense of who he truly is and um, and how yeah. important and powerful he is and will be to the to the to the outcome of the war. Um, so I feel like there was a few characters that kind of popped up like I feel like Dorian's still there but I haven't yet developed a big connection with Dorian in this book like I know he's there and and I know he's like he's kind of like the playboy prince you know and like Selena didn't choose him she chose Kale I feel like I feel a little bit sorry for him because obviously he's the son of a terrible leader um you know and then obviously he has you know probably from a very young age because he's good looking has been with lots and lots of women and lots of women want to be with him for the wrong reasons and um and he seems like a good person um but i feel like he i'm still more invested in kale than i am in dorian and then yeah. i feel like as this book progresses we start to see more of dorian and you get to see more of his heart and then he falls for a healer in the castle Sorcha, 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 Sorcha. How do you say her name? Sorsha. Yes. And of so I'm like, this is bad. This is bad for her. You know, like she's here. Right. He's really into her. Away. You know, like I mean I, I just I expected it, but I just I still feel like I was really that's when I started to really like connect to Dorian and and his story yeah. when um his own father found out, you know, that they um you know, had feelings for each other and stuff. And then they also found out that Sorsha was a spy um, mm. for the rebels. And, you know, then the king beheaded her in front of Dorian and Kale, And then Dorian fought his dad so that Kale could get away. Um, yeah. And that's when he became um, also enslaved. Um, yes. So it didn't end well for Dorian in this book, Um You know, and it's just it was a lot of it's a lot of setting up of Mm. this book felt like a lot of setting up. Like there wasn't you don't read it and get resolution and think, Oh yes, that's happening and this is good. It's like, okay, here's another character. Okay, here's what's happening with this character. Okay, here's like the witches. Okay, here's Dorian. Oh now Dorian's, you know, had his kind of like, you know, traumatic moment and now he's also taken and now Kale's like, you know lost selena and also lost his best friend and you know chose the wrong side in a way like with the the king you know he's torn in his loyalties we've got rowan but like you know and and there's i mean by the end there's a little bit of resolution with rowan where you're like okay well we know that they've got a connection and he will take care of her in a way but is he her person because it feels like he could be her person but you know, like, yeah. Nothing, yeah. nothing is, I mean, yeah. they're, they're Karanam, so they can share power, which is a very um, important oh, yeah. bond that doesn't mm-hmm. happen very often. So they can, like, you know, when they share blood, she can access Rowan's power and Rowan can access her power. And it's this thing that doesn't have to be romantic, but it often is. Um, yeah, And so there's this, like, there is this special bond and, Selena has now found herself and has, you know, found her ability to switch between human and Faye, and she, you know, has met Rowan's clan. And then mm-hmm. the best bit at the end, obviously, where she she's so sneaky, Selena. Um, or do we it's call cool. her Aylan by the end? I think we call her Aylan by the end, don't we? Because um, Rowan keeps calling her Aylan, and she's like, "Don't call me that. That's not who I am." And he's like. And well he actually calls her fireheart, which is fire like heart, the yeah. most oh. i think when he called her fireheart, i was like that's it <laughs> they're mates they're definitely that is <laughs> that is it yes um but you know like oh my God. by the end when when she was like i can't leave him i cannot leave him to be enslaved to this person and because he has started to come alive like you know she talks about how she sees the light in his eye and he Miles a little, and they're sleeping together in the same bed, but not sleeping together. And so there's a sense of like, he's like, I don't know what this is. Like, we need to take it slow, but let's try and walk back out of our pain together. Like, let's walk forward together, which I think is such a beautiful thing for a grumpy 500 year old bay warrior to say. Like, he's like, I like it's like a really beautiful relationship communication tool to be like I would like us to to take a step forward and I'm not sure what that looks like for me or for you so let's just be gentle with each other it's kind of like oh well and also like he's taking care of her now like you know and he tattooed yeah. her scars yes and put her love stories like the love stories of her people and Sam and Nehemia over the scars that were caused by being in the salt mines when she was whipped um but I think that that last bit where she's obviously like, "I will not leave without him," mm. and they had found the sword and the ring, and she bided for him, and and yeah, she got the blood oath broken, and yes. then he swore to her, you know, like, and he didn't, she didn't, like, you know, they, it, it was, she was like, this is the he was like you need to do this she was like I just want you to be free I don't want you to be sworn to me like please just be free and he's like you know and also because they have that telepathic conversational ability and I'm just like
1: well and I mean, she yeah she's she said I don't want I don't want you enslaved to me I won't be that kind of queen and then he's like I want to be you know together together fire heart we'll find a way together a court that will change the world And then she says, well, do you promise to serve in my court, Rowan Whitethorn, from now until the day you die? I do. It's like a wedding. Until my last breath and the world beyond to whatever end. Oh, page 517. Seeing this blossoming um, mate relationship, because I feel like even just saying love isn't enough. Like It's not a blossoming love. It's so much deeper than that. Uh, And so much more magical than that. But seeing that that whole scene, I just, bleh. they're the ones that I message Magella and go, what, what is this series doing to me? What is this book doing to me? And then it finishes. That's not even the end because then it kind of finishes around um, Adian being uh, arrested, captured by the king and put in shackles and put down in the dungeon as well because the king's realised that he's not under his, Control, and we know by then that he has been working with the rebels and working with Kale, and he wants Ailyn to be the queen. And we know he's a good guy, and so now he's out of the picture. And you just you're also left at the end of this book with a bit of like, oh my god, is there any hope? Because we get a real high of Rowan being released from his blood oath to Mave, and now being in Ailyn Selena's court. But then over here, you've got these people who are trying to fight for the you know the new world, and now they've. Now they're, you know, struggling as well. So it's a roller coaster. <laughs> it's a roller coaster, isn't it? Isn't it? And I was just going to say it
0: is interesting with the um, with the rereads as well. It is because once you know backstory, like as a, or like future story, I guess once you know what yeah. kind of happens, it often lends even more potency to certain scenes or things that you I just remember reading the first time and going like oh yeah that's interesting or like I literally just read it and was just like cool but like upon a reread knowing what has happened sometimes I'm just like they have no idea (laughs) you know like oh my god (laughs) it's just
1: like clever again that's why she's a brilliant author when you can reread and see how she wove so many different character arcs, storylines, themes throughout, such a long series, many, many thousands of pages is so clever, so unbelievably clever. They were my favourite parts. I mean, there's so much. Again, every book is like we could talk for four hours and go really in-depth and look at all of the plot points, but they were the parts that jumped out at me. They were the characters that were new that were like, yes, like I'm interested in where this is gonna go. They were this you know, the love story that was developing that was really important, and the introduction of Aiden or Aiden, the cousin, who knew her history and knows who she is at her core. That was wicked. So so much in this book again, but they're our favorite bits. And you know, it really those last few pages is Rowan and her on the ship heading back to a rifthold So you're like, Okay, what's gonna happen when they get there? And she hasn't Accomplish the King's mission. What's going to happen with Kale? Because she has respected that, how that relationship, um, paused, I guess when he, when they said goodbye on the dock, she hasn't done anything with Rowan yet. She needs to make amends and make it right with him. And then the last, literally the last sentence of the book is she was Aelin, Ashriver, Galathinius, and she would not be afraid. And you're like, afraid of what? What's coming? And I did. I straight away picked up Queen of Shadows and just kept going. So fun one. Again, very cool. Talk to you soon. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you felt like you were eavesdropping on a conversation that you have been dying to have with someone to discuss all the tiny details and possible plot twists of the books that you've recently read. Perhaps you don't have someone to chat to after you finish one of those epic books, so please give the show a follow, and we would be honoured to be your book-obsessed friends. But mostly, though, we hope it was fun. It gave you a giggle, it made you gasp or encouraged you to pick up a different author. Please share it with someone who you think would also love it, and drop us a review, letting us know what you loved and what you want to hear from us in the future. We will be back with another episode soon. Happy reading.